Hey, 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 Sam. Hey, 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 Nathan. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> it's okay, we're sticking. Let's stick to it. Okay. Uh, how's it going? You got a busy week? Uh, eh, yeah, just going up to, or going down to D.C. tomorrow for a four-hour shoot, and then again on uh, Thursday for a another four-hour shoot. Really? Are That's these it. events or something? Yeah, one's like a little scholarship dinner thing and another one is just like a press conference okay nice nice mm-hmm. um what about you uh i'm just tying up edits this whole week and i basically have nothing <laughs> nothing going on i've just been binging netflix while editing um a nice. lot of new good shows out i watched the ted bundy tapes which were creepy awesome um watch none I think it's just called None, that scary movie. Oh, you did watch it? Yeah, it's pretty good. And I'm just getting ready to start something called Root Cause, which is mm. uh, apparently about a guy's um, dental issues that caused him, like, all these other systemic problems in his body. Weird. Yeah. Like a true story? I think so, yeah. It's just a Netflix thing. Netflix has cool. their algorithm dialed into me perfectly. <laughs> nice, um, yeah. yeah. All I've been doing is watching Punisher Season 2. I'm almost done. Nice. You'd recommend it? Uh, yeah. I think it's a little different than season one. Uh, if you've watched season one, I think like it's a little bit more introspective, but it's still pretty cool. That's um, awesome. Jigsaw is awesome. I-, I will say, and I was listening to another podcast about this recently, Like uh, somebody was trying to make the case for still having cable and having cable TV on and how it's just easier a lot of times uh, after you know like a full work day to just sit down turn on the tv and see what is there for you like and you discover yeah. and like have decisions made for you serendipitously you know the, just by having cable be on uh, you know its own schedule versus netflix where it's like you have to make a decision you have to like research a little bit about yeah what you want to watch and sometimes th- that decision i guess <laughs> is too hard for people i don't know if i yeah. buy that justification but i do think i mean it's different kind content for sure i mean it's not you know so that that's that's one argument that i don't think can be refuted is that it is different yeah yeah but i i don't know i i netflix has a pretty good job of uh showing me new things that i want to watch but i guess sometimes i I am hit with like decision paralysis and just like everything is here i don't know what to do so i'm just gonna not watch it (laughs) nice i just found out that there's a video like a membership style like a video store like right near both of us um oh that's cool and it's it's like yeah it's like an old style kind of like rental place where but you do it by mentor by um membership so Hmm. i think it's like 20 or 30 bucks a month and you can rent up to i think like six or eight movies a month and you can just go in and they just have the you know, weird stuff, good stuff, things you can't necessarily find anywhere else. Probably okay. a weird VHS collection, although I'm not really that into VHS. And yeah, so I'm thinking about joining it because <laughs> why not? Yeah, that's awesome. I like it. Uh, fantastic. So It'll give um, me a leg up on everybody else that's like, hey, what are you watching on Netflix? I'm like, oh, dude, way ahead of you. <laughs> not even, not, I'm not even messing around with that anymore. Okay. <laughs> so quick question. Have you, sure. have you uh, been using FaceTime at all? in the last week oh no but i also haven't updated my phone to the latest version oops oh no i think you're uh, better off did you hear about this crazy bug i didn't i did it. i didn't abby I like, just told I, me yeah. about it last night i was like nessa there's no way that's possible and it is or it was apple has already fixed it so it's a facetime bug that basically oh, if you start a group chat and then call somebody to be in the group chat and they don't pick up. They don't have to even touch their phone. You can add their number, and it will answer on that person's device without them having anything. Uh, and you can actually only hear the audio. Um, but, yeah, you can eavesdrop in and listen to anybody's phone audio uh, using this FaceTime bug. <laughs> Which it's is- a, that's amazing. It's, a, um, it's like FaceTime gate. And it, apparently, if the user does silence the call using the volume buttons instead of the power button, uh, if they had their phone in their hand or whatever, it could 
actually it would pick up the video like a fa- it would insert what? them into the facetime call it's a crazy bug i know it's insane and uh they traced the the origination of the bug discovery all the way back to a tweet um where it was just like a mom tweeted at apple hey uh, my 14 year old just found a pretty big security bug <laughs> and this was a week what? ago uh she tweeted it and submitted it to the uh the bug reports or whatever and uh, apple only seems to in the last over the weekend, basically, to have taken FaceTime group chat, at least, offline uh, to address the problem. But it's like, holy crap, that is that is so... I mean, I can't honestly think of anything worse other than somehow somebody being able to, like, remotely control your phone. Right, uh, but that's, right. But that's basically it. No, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like the number the one privacy hack. Number two is, is like, listen yeah. in without any user intervention. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. like, the number two thing you'd, like, try and do if you're hacking. Yeah. Because that's insane. Um, totally insane. So that's terrifying that Apple did something that was overlooked by them and, you know, I guess ignored uh, up to a, a certain degree. It's good they took everything offline, but that's uh, that's scary. Yep, it is super scary. And, I mean, that's just, we're going to be seeing that more and more throughout the next, like, I don't know, yeah. decade or so, just of, of new technology that's coming out. That's, I mean, you know, even I, I, don't know. I think most people, as, as, even, even myself, forget often that, like, yeah, even if the company is doing what they say, which is often unlikely, and, like, protecting mm-hmm. your privacy and all that, even right. if it's a company like Apple who's, like, using it as a point of differentiation compared to every other tech company, Apple is saying, no, you can trust us, like, your privacy is paramount and supreme. Even right. companies that are trying to do it right We'll still make mistakes. Like yeah, of course, bugs will slip through. So, um, I've never bugs been are sometimes the type of tough to squash to too. have a little uh, webcam tape over my camera. But I honestly think I might go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, um, I don't think that that is um, silly in the way that I used to. No, I think yeah. I mean, because anyway, sorry. I'm I'm now reading about uh, Canon uh, and their performance in the mirrorless market by market share. Oh, really? Where are we at? Well, apparently Canon sees the the entire digital camera market in general plunging by 50%, uh, which is terrifying. But um, overall, the the USR actually has a surprising amount of market share, uh, more than Nikon. And let me me see, though, but I I think that may just be in Japan, the Japanese Speaking of which, we should address this uh, Canon rumor that there's going to be a 100-megapixel Canon EOS R variant uh, potentially coming out at some point in the future. Sounds amazing. 100 megapixels. Didn't know that. I totally missed that report. I don't really follow the news sites very much. 100 plus megapixels plus IBIS coming to Canon report. That's amazing. That'd be... Yep. I mean... I don't know what you do with that, but it's cool. Uh, I guess you would. I guess it would just be sort of competing, at least in megapixels, with uh, medium format. You know, I got to say, I have a hundred megapixel medium format camera, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's not like obscenely huge. Like when I crop right. something in, it's it's nice to have the space. It's not like this is insane. I would never use this. Like I would actually crop uh, sure. and, and use a hundred megapixel. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't see why not. Yeah, as long as it doesn't slow the actual um, camera down too much. Exactly. Because Although, everything, everything can be rendered to a smart preview, and so performance is always going to be the same if you yeah, get it from smart previews. Performance no is no how problem. Big, it just takes longer to render everything, and then it may just be a slower frame per second camera overall. But yeah, here's the report. Canon's USR has already taken 22% of the Japanese full-frame mirrorless market. So that's, wow. that's kind of impressive, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a nice camera. I really, I really like using it. Um, I was using it, uh, I ha- I had, I'm still waiting for a second body to come in. And so I, <laughs> I was shooting with the EOS R and Nikon D5 oh. <laughs> at, at the same time. Oh, that is um, such a, like, the other day. Yeah. Not it was just, I was like, it was an eight hour press or like oh. a summit, like event thing. And I was just like, I'm not. I just, yeah, I'm just going to do this and whatever. So I had plenty of time to kind of mess around with everything. But yeah, editing the files afterwards, it's interesting. I'm still having, I'm still kind of getting used to the reds, um, especially like skin tone of Canon files versus Nikon files, especially the D5. 
just yeah. seems like the D5 was really nailing white balance, and um, yeah. the EOS R was, the auto white balance wasn't super great. Oh, um, interesting. And what about after you accounted for that? Did you see, also, did you did you have any issue with that um, Lightroom glitch? That Ugh, that thing was so annoying. I just, I just rolled it back last week, and I haven't even been dealing with it. Yeah, um, same. So that was a glitch for people that don't know. I think specifically and only to the Canon EOS R files. Oh, really? Updated, yeah. If you updated oh, your Lightroom to the latest version, you would be editing. You would you know, do your edits or whatever. Strange. Every time you export, it would look totally fine in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. But every time you export, it would be shifted like... Two or way 3, warmer too warm yeah and white balance and um, yeah and so i was looking at these things coming out and i and i was like delivering them and <laughs> yeah. um and i looked at, i went on and checked them and i said like, wait a minute these things look terrible yeah and so i just went back in and, and i looked it's like oh my god and so then i rolled back lightroom and yeah fixed the problem so, I, did they issue a fix for that yet? I, still I don't know. I I've still been scared cared to enough to. I haven't had enough stuff to edit that's new that uh, I've cared to check. Uh, Nessa did, though, um, like edit an entire wedding with the messed up version, mm-hmm. and I think had to re-edit everything. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, because it was offset now uh, from editing relative oh, to the wow. newer version, mm-hmm. and once she rolled back, it was all offset. Improperly. That's but an, I think she was a nasty. Think she figured out exactly the the number that it would warm something up, and then just did a batch in the quick ah, develop gotcha. panel. Yeah, if anybody listening doesn't know, um, you can do a relative edit in the. It is called quick develop, right? The quick develop yep, panel. Quick develop. When you're in mm-hmm. library mode, you go to the little upper right corner, quick develop. That does relative changes, so you can do like select a bunch of things and hit, you know, colder. Uh, by a certain value or warmer temperature by a certain value and it will shift everything instead of like making it all a specific value it'll keep it relative towards that so it's that you know really nice that she was able to fix it without having to go one by one but that's such a yeah. brutal such a brutal glitch that uh yeah adobe just screwed up seems like tech companies are really getting put through the ringer these days i don't know man it's it's crazy um but I'm just happy to be shooting with a new system and trying to trying to push myself a little bit in different directions. It's pretty great, um, and I'm I'm beyond happy with the 28 to 70 uh, as a lens. Yeah, you did. So tell me, you did like a whole. You went out to went out to LA, and you've been you were shooting almost exclusively with the 28 to 70 most um, of the time, right? Uh, that's all I shot with. Okay, I I, I literally just threw on a 50 uh, 1.0 just to. Uh, just to do a couple of headshots to compare it <laughs> um, to the twenty-eight seventy, I did the entire an entire engagement session, then an entire shoot of headshots and and like these photos for a band uh, quartet or whatever um, with all their instruments. And I'm I can't remember what we talked about the last time we podcast. I think I was just saying I was getting ready yeah. to go shoot, but yeah. Um, yeah, I did not I did not have a problem with the weight of the lens which i thought was gonna be the biggest issue it's very heavy <laughs> it is super heavy but like that's literally the only lens i had on me i just kept my my 50 in the in the trunk yeah. of my car so that being the only weight that i was carrying i didn't find it a distraction now shooting an entire wedding day maybe you know i'll have a different story but i haven't done that quite yet um anyway it was amazing that the, in the 28 millimeter i wasn't really missing the the width it's, of a 24 it, yeah it isn't much. it really isn't that bad i mean and the other thing is that there's as far as i could tell very very little distortion if any um yeah no it performs x like i mean it is super sharp super sharp super uh low distortion if it, like, i don't yeah I don't it's a it's a pretty lens too in terms of um mm-hmm. the bokeh and stuff i i was using it um wide open so it's f2 right yeah so i was using it wide open for a video shoot that i was doing um a month or so ago and it just was really nailing it was giving a really nice beautiful color yeah uh, great sharpness just all the way through and it was a, it was really fun to use actually i was really surprised so for video for sure it's a fun lens yeah um, um it's it's a fantastic thing and i think it is actually meant more for video honestly mm-hmm. than it is uh for for stills i think they just wanted to 
you know, Canon has always seemed to have a little bit of a edge on everybody else, except for maybe Sony now, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, full frame video. Uh, so maybe they're just trying to kind of win some of those people back from, from Sony. I have been getting a lot of pushback from people that I've been from just a, a number of people, actually. Uh, when I tell them I switched from Nikon to Canon for mirrorless, and they just are incredulous that I didn't switch to Sony instead. I know. It's, it's, it's okay. I, like, it's okay to, to, it's, to yeah. do this <laughs> without um, having to get angry about it. Yeah, and, and I, I, I really don't care for Sony, to be honest with you. I, I think that they're certainly great files and everything um but they're not I've, though that's i've never liked their color yeah. and i've never liked handling it, the cameras it's so subjective so everyone's gonna this is an endless debate that will never be won because it just it matters what your opinion is and your feeling only at right. the end of the day and and i'm with you the sony like experience and and hold and everything about their cameras is just off in a way that doesn't it's just that it's not that fun to shoot exactly with that. it, in my yeah. opinion. And if I'm going to be holding a camera for like eight hours at a time, sometimes or longer, I would prefer it to feel nice in my hands. I and want to it to be just be super fun, fun to shoot. That's the thing. I think the Canon mirrorless might actually be the first like workhorse full frame camera that is like super fun to use for me like nikon stuff has always been great because it performed well but i don't Mm -hmm. i can't think of one maybe the d750 where it was just like just fun as a a thing because of the flippy screen that was the first nikon one to have a flippy screen i really like the d750 it's It's a great it's still a great but but it's still far too many limitations technically that uh, yeah i'll tell you what was the fun one was the df um, but yeah, going yeah. back to it, it, you can't use it. The The files are actually look horrible in comparison to what we have now. The D850 um, was a fantastic camera. It got the job done. I, I maintained the best DSLR probably ever made uh, mm-hmm. as far as, like, anything you need. It will Features do, and everything. It'll do well enough. Yeah. and uh, But but I wouldn't say it was, like, super fun there. You, you, have you watched that Tidy Up show, you know, where the yeah. woman's like... Oh, I watched one episode it, of it. And, and does it bring you joy? <laughs> <laughs> does it bring you joy? Like the o- DF OSR definitely does. bring me joy. DF, brought me joy. Yeah, exactly. The Leica um, M series cameras they 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 have this joyful aspect to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I'm looking at Nikon's site to see if they have any updates about their uh, their mirrorless lenses, and I'm just so glad that Canon has gone in with a prosumer body, full on professional lenses. Yeah. Uh, instead Not of this one eight garbage. Yeah, Nikon's uh, approach, which seems to be more pro body, crap lenses. <laughs> I yeah, mean, just crap. I mean, they might perform fine, but they are just these are not pro lenses, and we've already no, talked about that at cool. length. But it's, it's one just, eight. It's you can't use it. Yeah, it's silliness. Uh, I mean, you can, but they're yeah. But why? Yeah, I ha- like. Yeah, it's. I mean, you get the control ring. Great. That's the other thing that I love about Canon. I love the control ring now that I've really got it dialed in. Um, the only bummer about it is that you cannot reverse, as far as I can tell, you cannot reverse the ISO direction on the control ring. You can reverse the aperture and shutter speed direction, oh, that's but so it will weird. not reverse that is so uh, on weird. ISO. And, it's, and I'm like a little dyslexic, so like I can't. <laughs> it's it's making me really annoyed when I try to s- go darker and it goes lighter. I'm like, ah, I just have to learn it. It's not too bad. Yeah, but it's, it's I've annoying. actually been surprised at how quickly the muscle memory um, like fades uh, or or is acquired on the new. Like, I, I have no problem swapping lenses anymore or yep, zooming in and out. It's all re- it's also recalculated. it's also interesting too because I was like, oh man, it's it's so hard to switch lenses on this Canon. And after shooting with it for a few weeks. I realized that at least part of that was because it was just brand new and it's like a little, oh. it's got a little bit more friction. Yeah. So now That's when I'm fine. switching out, it's like a lot slicker, which is cool. Um, so that was just like a mental thing. That's awesome. But yeah. yeah, but so far it's been a really fun camera to use. And honestly, you can't, here's the thing at the end of the day with this whole Canon, Sony, Nikon argument, you really can't go wrong on any of these cameras no cameras you can go wrong on 
they all look fine. I don't know. Just thinking back to like, oh, I don't like using my D750 because I don't like the colors compared to the D5 or I don't like the colors compared to the EOS R. Whatever. The the D750, remember, it was like amazing for its time. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing I've wrong with sort of been aware of in the back of my head. Like essentially ever since the D700 came yeah. out. Like, yeah, everything's I, been fine. Yeah, it's been fine. Exactly right. Good <laughs> enough. Um, I could definitely shoot an entire season of weddings this year with the D700 if I had to. Sure. Uh, you just have to have certain considerations accounted for, uh, but you'd be fine. Um, I loved, you know what I loved about the D700 was boosting the exposure like two or three stops and getting some grain in there. And it was, and the colors popped out. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah I really like that I, camera. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if I did that with the D700. I think I did it with the D3S or something. A, a mm-hmm. portrait of um, Danica Patrick. At oh, really yeah. High ISO, even though it was unnecessary just to see how the grain. Um, like just impacted the entire vibe but cool man, i will say canon has a pathetic website like nikon's <laughs> if you go to nikon's mirrorless page it's very well done and like nicely designed in terms of um colors and flashiness i mean it looks almost like an apple product page and you go mm-hmm. to canon's and it's like four it looks five like stars, best buy 4.2. yeah it looks like a best buy site <laughs> And it's just like, why here's, here's the front of the camera, here's the side, well, here's the back. Why aren't they allowing people to review things on their own site? That's silly. Yeah, everything what on their this? site should have five stars or they should 24 not have reviews. reviews? What? That's silly. What is this? What am I even looking at? Expertise level, okay, advanced wait. amateur. There is, there is a flashier page. It's not that much better, though. And I don't know how to even tell you how to get to it because it's from the product page. Oh, this is hilarious. Why? It's like, hey, I just released this movie. Here's the Rotten Tomatoes score. What? Yeah. Sorry about the uh, chainsaws in the background. If anybody is picking up on that noise, it is a chainsaw because my neighbors are having um, trees taken down. While it's snowing out, I would like to add, which seems like a bad idea. This is the dumbest thing I have ever seen. This website is all over the place. It makes no sense. <laughs> Amazing autofocus. Awesome. We're on Instagram. Follow us at Canon USA. This is hilarious. Yeah, they need uh, some help. Speaking of which, uh, my website's coming along. Uh, hopefully, it'll be up in a month or so. Awesome. Fantastic. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I was talking to my friend Dylan Howell about um, SEO recently. He's starting like mm-hmm. an SEO side company or whatever um, awesome I'm trying to look up exactly what they're called dylan tried to do a patreon for a while i guess he still yeah. sort of is maintaining it but he's i thought he's still doing it he's posting somewhere else not on patreon directly gotcha. but uh anyway but he is starting a completely side separate business with some somebody else as a partner uh for seo it's called bang bang academy i think cool. that's what it is or maybe that's his uh Nope, that's his videography company. I don't know what it's called, but it's something related to SEO. And uh, anyway, um, I won't mention names, but a, a really well-known New York City photographer switched sites a couple years ago or whatever and just like plummeted on uh, Google rankings mm-hmm. and is just nowhere to be found. I don't think they're even in the top 50 pages anymore. And uh, anyway, so they're uh, they're freaking out trying to dive into uh, to SEO and optimize their site and everything and i was just curious do you have a plan for for that is it is are you switching from something to wordpress or like what is i think it is switching i think i am switching to wordpress from squarespace so are you manually going to have to port those posts and like rewrite stuff or is there a a no the port the the posts well what was interesting is that the posts actually originally way back in the day i started on wordpress and i switched to Squarespace, So everything got moved over ah. once already, and now it's going to go back. So that should be fine. Um, I'm, I may have to go back in and, and manually re- rejig a few things. Sure. Um, the scariest thing about website stuff, I feel, is, is not just like the initial launch of like, I hope everything works, <laughs> and I hope nobody messaged me like a glaring glitch or flaw in my grammar or something like that, but like yeah. <laughs> the fact that you don't really know if it's 
if it's funneling clients the way you want to your contact form and like really working for you and in terms of getting new bookings and everything until like six months to a year later when you get, and even then it's like, well, was it my website or was it my work or was it the algorithm (laughs) or was it, uh, the market overall going down or up? Like it's so, I don't know. It's so, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I moved to Richmond. Um, I was like top 20 in the DC wedding photographer as soon as I moved and switched everything over it just plummeted to like I don't know oblivion and then <laughs> yeah. all it of a sudden fast. it happens faster yeah. than it rises which I think actually it should happen about the same but whatever it really should happen about the same it freaks me out but so I'm in Richmond and then like six months later I'm like top 10 R- Richmond wedding photographers but I'm like why I don't know why other than I'm just blogging a lot, but oh well, that's that's really it, the key of it. I know, but it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense because I'm just like I just like waltzed into this, you know, you know it could market. Be, it could be that uh, I have you linked from my website. It's possible. <laughs> it is possible. I think that does help people. Sometimes. It, it it's def- <laughs> it definitely helps. The only reason my website ranks so well is because I get linked back from various like equipment reviews that I've done over the years. Like that yeah. is what has. The definitely boosted my uh web authority and yeah. so um yeah that, that could be but i don't know it could also be that square that's what i'm curious about now you're going to be coming from squarespace to wordpress from scratch yes um, you know what game plan do you have if any to to optimize for that um, i'm gonna have to take it one step at a time right now i'm just planning on sort of auditing all of the keywords and uh file names and stuff and see make sure that that it all looks good i mean i might hope i mean what i probably will end up doing is in my spare time just kind of going back through and changing keywords to baltimore and dc and see if that works do you play around with Google Search Console much? Is anybody out there uh, uh, familiar? No. Yeah. And I, last time I looked at my Google Analytics, I was like so weirded out and confused that I just had to turn it off and come back the next day. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot of data to sift through. But um, I recently did a couple of blog posts. Uh, actually, they're pages so not in my blog stream but essentially the same as a blog post just not in the blog and mm-hmm. uh, anyway so i used the wordpress um console front end to to do it and didn't use narrative and both of those articles do not rank anywhere on google and i'm getting what? a little concerned about why not <laughs> yeah it's like what did i do differently like even if i google search a paragraph or something from that post it doesn't come up it's just hidden from Google. So with the search console, supposedly you can force Google to index a certain link if you hmm. paste the exact link um, in the search console. But I did that, and it still isn't showing uh, the pages. So I'm getting a little freaked out about that. But my blog posts all seem to be doing fine. Nothing's changed. It's just these like page posts that are huh. uh, tanking. Apparently, Interesting. Google did an update sometime over the summer that really affected specifically like review type articles um, in terms of just killing people's reach and traffic for whatever reason. They just, mm. I don't know if they're sorting them better. So only the good articles are ever going to get any traction in terms of traffic and stuff or, or what? I don't know. But these are two I don't know. review articles that I posted and literally Google's not even saying they exist. So I'm a little concerned. That's strange. I need to, I actually could take a look at that because the last two, mm, last, yeah, two blog posts I did were with narrative and, um, I feel like I haven't been getting as much traction with those for, for maybe it's unrelated reasons, but, um, I am wondering if there's a correlation results with narrative. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I make sure everything in the SEO tab of narrative is green uh you know whatever the recommended length of the um, meta description and every uh image has alt text and all that mm-hmm. and uh yeah I've, I've had fantastic results personally but i don't know maybe they're as good as they would have been even without narrative it's hard yeah, to run maybe. these kinds of tests i don't know yeah um it's interesting because narrative so using narrative uh we can talk about this for a quick second is um pretty pretty nice it gives you all the seo 
options that you would get with like Yoast SEO. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and if anybody is not familiar with what it is, Narrative is like a standalone app that just runs on your desktop computer as a place to compose and compile your blog posts mm-hmm. for a WordPress or Squarespace page. It has all the tools you need and then you just hit publish and then it gets sent and uh in theory you shouldn't have to do anything other than hit publish on narrative and it'll be um on your site so it's kind of nice because you can do offline building you don't have to have an internet connection uh it's the tools are much faster and easier because it's native to your computer instead of through a web browser to build your posts but sorry continue um well just just to say that the it's interesting because the the whole squarespace uh, method of of doing your blog and writing your blog and putting it together basically it is actually a lot faster than oh, narrative interesting. um and so kind of going through it and i was sort of doing the whole learning curve of trying to figure out narrative and it's nice but i was like man this is not really saving me any time um it is nice to edit offline but i'm almost never offline so i'm not sure and then it is subscription, so you gotta you gotta do that. Yeah, um, they basically host everything you upload to their own servers, and then push a little bit of JavaScript or something to your site. And right, yeah. With so Squarespace, you, you actually have to manually put inject that code into every blog post. Um, oh, that's annoying. And it's it's just one extra step, um, but it's it, I don't know. It's kind of freaking me out in terms of like, well, I would really like to have everything just hosted, all the images just hosted on my own site. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. It, it is bad. weird to think about that they're not, but um, in theory, you can switch from one service to another if you're really diligent and disciplined yes, about keeping everything consistent. System, yeah. you, like switching from Squarespace to WordPress, if you had all your blog posts on a narrative, it should be um, just hitting publish <laughs> with your right. new login credentials like it yeah should be super easy uh so anyway yeah i don't know it's interesting but it's it's cool though to like do a different method of blogging too so it's yeah, worth it's checking always, out and you awesome. get four i mean if you're thinking about trying it out you get four free blog posts um forever i guess um without having to sign up um, but it is no, another point of there. failure, which is always something you have to consider. Like now you yep. are giving up control over wherever they host their, your stuff. And if their sites go down or whatever, um, yep. you're at the mercy of whenever they decide to fix it. Uh, so that's a bit scary yeah. for some people. I'm fine with it, but you know, other people, maybe not so much. Uh, I'm actually yeah, getting is. very itchy for a new website myself. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I I bet I bet you do one soon after I do mine. <laughs> we'll see. Mine's gonna look nice. It's gonna look really, really, really pretty and I really would, fun. I would hope so. My thing I'm is, uh, I think the best sites um, really come from having some sense of like yourself visually or your brand. And yeah. I feel like I just never have a good sense of that. Oh, and, me too. Uh, yeah. It's so yeah. tough to, to drill down and think like, well, I don't know what colors really are me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I really, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot because the, the colors that we were working with currently, I'm not wild about but i also don't really care just because i'm trying to get the basic layout done and then now that the basic layout's done and it starts getting implemented then i can be like okay let's change these colors out yeah. and be fine with it um but i'm really been much more of a fan of strong really strong vibrant color mm-hmm. and i just feel like it's it's time for color to like make a comeback in the photography world and um, I'm excited to, to I love it. reflect yeah. that in my like images, but also on my website. Okay. So I guess because, um, everything is listening to us in conversation, uh, I'm not yeah. seeing a bunch of ads for podcasts, uh, but like not, <laughs> not podcast shows, but like podcast hardware, like podcast on the fly podcast very easily with the new Rodecaster pro. And it's mm. like this insanely advanced thing okay so we should i don't think we've i've written about it or anything so like this is taking a huge tangent but you don't need an eight fader like 
console to to do a podcast which is what road mm-hmm. is saying you should look at this thing. it actually <laughs> looks pretty cool but like this is ridiculous all you need is a decent um condenser mic or uh honestly whenever i it's not it's probably obvious to listeners um, that the quality isn't as good but it's certainly good enough when i'm on the road i use that little uh sure lavalier mic to oh, yeah, podcast from thing. and that thing sounds really great too um but on my desk i have the sm7b nathan what are you using now the yeti mostly uh yeah the yeah. blue yeti blue yeti that thing's even easier it just plugs in over usb and bam yep. there's your audio and, interface you don't need yep, it. and you can plug your headphones right into the mic itself which is really cool you don't need a four channel integrated podcast production studio like that is oh this thing great. has a little eight channel sampler though you can do little uh, samples. Yeah, but you know what? Um, there is, if we actually did uh, Chromecast for talking back and forth or whatever, it's Google Hangouts, you mm-hmm. can also record um, and trigger mm-hmm. uh, sound effects. But I guess that is kind of cool to have like a triggerable sound effect. I, a lot of <laughs> podcasts are yeah, you can just fancy, yeah, much fancier pr- production compared to ours. I, I guess this is meant more for like if you have somebody to interview right in front of you, but I can't imagine why anybody would want to look at somebody while they're talking to them <laughs> for a podcast. <laughs> it would be really weird uh, yeah. if, if we were like staring at it. I think even like the one time we recorded a podcast in person, we were both facing the ocean. The opposite directions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't have to actually look, but it's it never ceases to creep me out whenever a couple of words or things that i'm doing surface to the the ads that i'm seeing on my uh social media or whatever website well i've gotten that uh question from at least like 10 people that i've talked to in the last like couple of weeks uh it's all but confirmed in my mind that these things are just open microphones yeah i don't know it could be all but confirmed all okay. but confirmed. <laughs> All but confirmed. It wouldn't yeah. shock me if ABC. Facebook has done that. Like everything else they've done has been yes, just super bad. shady. Like, yeah. Yeah. What is going to happen to Facebook? What's going to happen? Um, like, dude, it is a relic of an ancient time at this point, and it, it is, is going it south. Is, it is a mess. Have you logged in much? Like, it's a mess. It is just like word vomit everywhere pictures ads i mean it's so bad and it's and they're really really emphasizing um ads that are movies that move to catch your attention like i sat through like a one-hour consultation with somebody from facebook to talk about ads and they all they pushed was uh movable like movies and if it's still photos make it a slideshow um and all that kind of the last (laughs) facebook post was buckle up 2019 and then somebody said, did you get engaged? And I said, nope. And then somebody said, what? You got engaged? Congrats. <laughs> like, this is why social media is bad. Dude, I'm deleting the is, whole post now because I don't want it. I am over it. Yeah. Um, also, screen time. Oh, so this could be an interesting topic for, for us to chew on as we kind of close here, which is that I read an interesting article that said that, that essentially was saying that Steve Jobs... Before I even say this, remember that the comments section obviously said that this article was garbage, but um, screw the comments section. Um, But the article essentially said that the iPhone of today is not at all what Steve Jobs imagined uh, it to be. And the fact that it has become this ubiquitous thing that we have to just be staring at for eight to ten hours a day or whatever your screen time tells you you're doing... Uh, for me, I think it's like three hours and 30 minutes a day, which is a lot. Let me check mine. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, the original iPhone was meant to, to run everything. All the apps and such were meant to actually be like web apps. Like it was sort of understood that Steve Jobs was trying to assume a world where wireless connectivity was always fast enough uh, to be able to run apps basically through through web instead of native. Hmm. Obviously, that proved to be horribly wrong uh <laughs> today uh yeah web apps still are tough just the worst yeah um but if you think about that it was all the rage that, back then if that assumption was correct and everything was a web-based app 
there would be likely no app store the way that it exists now. And I just wonder what kind exactly. of world we'd be living in right now. Well, know. he was also making the, the author of this article was also making the case that originally the apps were supposed to be just purely Apple apps that were a hundred percent native to right. the phone. So it would be a phone. It would be messaging. It would be an iPod. He would, you know, he was basically saying like, this is the world's best iPod. Um, that's kind of one of his famous sayings um, when he was introducing the iPhone to to have it be an extension, sort of, or like an, or not even an extension, but really like an accessory, something that yeah. you need, More but like you don't watch, have actually. to have all the time. <laughs> more like um, the watch, I would say. I would say more like the watch, although the watch, in my opinion, is not even really doing quite the job that I think it's meant to do. In terms of the iPhone, he was basically just saying this art author was basically saying that the amount of usage that we are putting into our iPhones was never intended at the beginning. Granted, things change with the flow of culture and, you know, social media and things like that. But to have us constantly be just having our phones on us at all times, he said it was, it was in his mind more understood that the phone would be near you, not on you (laughs) in front of your face. Well, um, you think it's bad now, like, okay, with these Bose frames and stuff that I'm actually waiting to get back from the lens swap out, like imagine mm-hmm. augmented reality, like when, yeah, le- which is definitely the next thing it is. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be so helpful in yeah. everyday life, but also, um, I don't know if distracting is the right word, but for you to be able to like be engaged with a piece of technology without anybody else being like able to know it. You know, I think people will literally use it 100% of the time, no matter yeah. what. Like, with the phone, at least there's still a little bit of this social, like, well, I probably shouldn't have my phone in front of me at the some lunch table or whatever the whole time. But if you literally have the ability to float an article in, you know, in front of you without somebody sure. seeing and it, you're reading it. and scroll through it. And- yeah, I mean... It'll be great for things like navigation, but imagine seeing someone's Instagram following tagged next to their face, uh, just any complete stranger as they're walking by you. Like the entire fabric of how people engage in society is going to drastically change in a way that I think is really bad, probably in a similar way to how like uh, generally more attractive people are literally treated differently (laughs) in society than less attractive people. But now it's like, wow, this, that guy just walked by me. He has a million Instagram followers. I wonder what his deal is. And you'll just completely ignore the person that walked by that has, (laughs) you know, dude, you're, you're probably right. I Um, mean, that's terrifying. It's Uh, terrifying. That's, that's black mirror. That's that black mirror episode. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. But I think in that episode emphasize still the phone as the, the hub, I think it will be, yeah, just glasses or augmented uh, visual cues somehow. I think, I don't know if screen time is a way forward or what, but I, I do like that they put it on there. It's It's making people more aware. Signaling that Apple's themselves signaling that they're aware of overuse, but they need to, actually commit like for me to be able to say i only want to be on instagram for an hour and then it says oh your time is up would you like to ignore <laughs> it's like yeah it's like this does no good you have that's to have, not the point you yeah. have to have it do a hard cutoff um yeah. which is why i really like these tubs i think we've talked about before but they're they're mm-hmm. working great just to give you a follow-up these lockable time time tubs you just throw whatever you want in it and say how long you want it to be locked and it's there's no no going back unless you break out a hammer or something to get into it's it. I was going to say, do you have a sledgehammer nearby that you <laughs> no. can... But it's amazing. And that's one thing I like about the watch is that I don't feel unsafe. Like if I needed to make an emergency call or something, like my watch is there, but it's mm-hmm. not sucking my attention. And there is a great and different feeling having your device locked away where you can't get it even if you want to. Yeah. Your brain just starts like working on a different track. It's It's yeah. crazy. And I love it. In fact, I really like after that we too. talk today, I think I might lock up my phone for today just because cool. it's, it's really highly recommend them. I can't remember the name of these tubs. Let me just look it up in case anybody's curious. Lockable tub for, I think originally these things were marketed for food, like put your candy in this tub. And, uh, <laughs> so you can't access your <laughs> you cookies. Get your cookies is literally uh, for cookies and sweets and stuff. K safe by kitchen safe. I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. We just talked in case about it last we week. Uh, K safe. It's it's great. Either cool. like fifty bucks. Well, it's just I don't know. It to me and like me and Abby have been having lots of conversations about like you know appropriate phone usage. Like 
I hate like seeing a couple. There's nothing that makes my blood boil more than like being out at a restaurant and seeing a couple right there sitting some food. But here's the thing. Here's the problem with that. You staring have no context. at their phones. But you have no context. What no, if they eat out wrong. every single day? And it's like No, it's not appropriate. No. If you are looking at your phone for like five minutes straight and the other person is sitting there on their phone five minutes straight with everybody around them yeah gossiping about them then something's wrong no i i disagree because i felt i felt that as well because occasionally ness and i you know we'll go out to lunch or something and i'll we'll just each be on our phone but what i realize is that like oh yeah i feel fine with this because ness and i have been around each other and been talking together working together all day long so this is just you know we're just going to eat and and take some actual uh, an actual break from talking to each Mm. other like you have to have that context but i agree and that's where the social aspects of the phone are still i think working overall in a in a a good positive direction but my question is what is it that you are looking at Instead of the other person, a lot of what times, is it? a lot of times, it's content that is is worthy of discussion. At the end of the day, like you know, just reading through some some article about some camera or some somebody posts something and Ness and I start, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it engages a, a discussion that we wouldn't have otherwise had. But I, I, know I don't one hundred percent believe you. That happens all the time. Mm. But uh, but I Prove do it. agree. It, it is it sad. Uh, I see it more with parents and kids. When you see, yeah, a parent and a kid's having a great time and the, that's, the, the yeah, parent's that's just on their phone the whole time. Worse. But again, the context there is, is removed. Like, they're around their kid all the time. <laughs> so yeah. maybe this is the only time that this parent has to, like, be on their phone. You don't know. But that's the other really fascinating thing about phones as a piece of technology um, that I've just been trying to, like, chip away at in my mind. This idea of, like, okay, if I was sitting next to Nessa at a restaurant reading a book Mm -hmm. and she was reading a book I bet people would actually think that like oh that's really edifying go go you guys when was the last time I read a book or a newspaper or maybe even a magazine you know you might have that feeling because you have a shared sense of like oh I see what this person is doing but on a Mm -hmm. phone that's completely removed you have no you're you're probably going to assume the worst of what you do on the phone is what everybody else is doing on their phone yeah but that's probably also true it could be yeah but not necessarily like um, you know I read a lot of scientific articles and and uh, you know yesterday I spent an hour and a half reading about uh, condo developments in Toronto and how the long-term viability of condos is like a housing ownership model uh, might be horribly flawed. And it was anyway, a fascinating study. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole time I'm sitting there, like from the outside, anybody would think that I'm just like, you know, munching down Reddit articles or whatever. But it's like yeah. this really interesting in-depth scientific article. And it's, it's kind of a shame that there's no way um, to have that social context anymore. Like this is a physical book and you see him reading a book. I'm Don't not, judge not. me. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I'm reading, I'm reading about science. I know. I, I, I'm I know. not just browsing a, a shirt, but the, the, you're right though. At the end of the day, at some point in the interaction of your phone, you're also likely yeah. reading Reddit or right. And the other thing whatever. is maybe you're texting people. It's like, dude, that's not what you're, you, the other person's like right there. You should be talking to that person. Then afterwards, you get on your phone, you can do what you got to do. But I just feel like it's robbing us of, like, real interaction with each other sometimes. Yeah. And um, I don't think that was ever really the intention of the the iPhone and subsequent Android and stuff. So it's just something to think about and consider as you are like, all right. Do I pick up my phone? This will be the 600th pickup today. Should I do that or should I like wait on that real quick and talk to the people around me? I don't know. That's why you need KSafe. Buy KSafe. Buy KSafe. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see my number of pickups. My this average use is three hours, three hours, 15 K-Safe. minutes a day Safe. is my average seven day use, but I don't see pickups. Oh, okay. Total pickups today, 47. That seems like a lot. That does seem like a lot. Messaging, well, settings, Safari, and Reddit. That's all I've used. I'm going to pop up mine and see what we got here. Yeah, I'm sure this will be interesting because everybody else can, at home, do the same and compare themselves. I'm going to do seven-day average. Let me see. Notifications. I get an average of 267 notifications per day. 
most of which are from Sense, which is a, it's actually installed at my um, circuit breaker, and it, and it lets me know how much energy is being used. And over time, it can detect, like, oh, this is a refrigerator that turned on versus mm-hmm. the hot water heater and all that. And so um, that's actually really helpful, but doesn't distract me in any way. The that's next, cool. Okay. Next most common notification is uh, email, <laughs> 344. Um, gosh, that can't be per day, though. That's Wait. last seven days. Oh, that's last seven days. Okay, so today I've got 34, no, 17 pickups. That's it. Nice. I haven't really looked at my phone that much today. Let's see. Last seven days. Sitting in front of computers, but whatever. <laughs> well, my, my yeah, computer screen time, that's a different story. Yeah. That's another, that's a whole different conversation. Okay, notifications, messages, then Gmail. It's funny. Like, nobody seems to talk about TV time as screen time, uh, you know, being an issue anymore. Not in the way that they did when we were growing up. <laughs> yeah. That was the, uh, the issue. Like, don't be in front of, don't watch too much TV or rot your brain, blah, blah, blah. Well, all right. Well, this has been very fascinating yeah. but uh oh, i gotta work on my best of 2018 blog post so i all gotta right. go yeah i just posted mine uh last week is really fun shouldn't take nice. too long if you do a good job four four starring three starring whatever um yellow color year you use yellow color i use a combination of one star to mark all the good photos throughout any shoot and then um yellow denotes a possible um portfolio interesting item yeah yeah okay Yep. Uh, do you just my way use flags it. for anything? Yeah, flag. Well, flag just picking the good ones. That's it. And then the one star is. Yeah. So it go for me. It goes. So here, I'll, I'll give you the whole thing if you want. Yeah. I got I got flags, which, which I just use the um, uh, flag is picked. I don't use any other flags. Um, and then I use one star to denote any like exceptional photo from that shoot. Um, so usually at the end of like a wedding, I'll have like 50 or 61 stars. Those those are all possible blog shots. Um, and then, uh, four stars denotes anything that, uh, I think might be interesting to like, or funny. Like if it's like, I take like a ridiculous photo of you or some other photographer that I might want to have around red for red flag to, note anything that i have to edit uh in photoshop um or some or like panoramas or anything like that anything that requires special attention uh green for anything that i think is a good black and white candidate um which is weird so what i do is after i go through all my photos any of the green ones i just go back just highlight by green and then just go through and make all those black and white and and do those in a second round and then um yellow for possible portfolio and that's it Okay. Yeah, you are completely different than me. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it works out pretty well for me. It's it's I'm easily able to figure out everything that is in my catalog. And since I only use one catalog per year, you know, everything is, is easy to find. Yeah, no, that's great. Excellent. Uh and I agree. I wish I wish I could bring myself to do one catalog ever. But I feel like it's good to create no. a new one. <laughs> it does. It does slow down by the end of the year. It's it's a little slower. Really, I don't have year. that problem. Yeah. Uh, I and I wonder if it's if it's actually uh, presets um, more slowing things oh, down could be. than, than uh, anything else because those tend to accumulate and be yeah just computationally heavy for the the previews of each preset to be lickety split you know you can just like hover over stuff and it'll change now like yep. that that all takes some some overhead anyway i really I, don't like that either. i don't either i hate it i mostly hate the last few version update i don't remember the last time adobe did an update that i liked honestly all right yeah. that's a good way to end it so all right well um i'll edit this so that we sound really smart and post it up later that sounds great whoop. great great job whoop. all right well talk to you later whoop. Yeah, that was long.